A $1.5 billion medical manufacturing fund has been announced by federal Labor leader Anthony Albanese during one of his final media events in WA before Saturday's election. He told a breakfast gathering that Australians should be able to access medicines, vaccines and medical supplies when they need, having invoked memories of WA Prime Minister John Curtin and the state's connections to Bob Hawke. Mr Albanese said only Labor could help families deal with the rising cost of living. He he also made a special pitch to female voters, saying that enhancing economic opportunities for women was the right thing to do and in the national interest. Pressed again by the media about his campaign commitment costings, Mr Albanese said they would be released this Thursday. He then took a swipe at Prime Minister Scott Morrison for not addressing the National Press Club ahead of the election. It's unclear whether Scott Morrison is planning another visit to WA before the election. And Premier Mark McGowan has apologised to the family of an 80-year-old woman who died while waiting more than two hours for an ambulance. Georgina Wild dialed triple O at about 2.30am on Sunday, complaining of chest pains. But by the time St John Ambulance arrived, the grandmother was dead. She then called again before dying of a suspected heart attack. During a press conference this afternoon, Mr McGowan denied the government was preparing to bring all or part of St John's $120 million services contract under public control. A committee of parliament is currently looking at the service delivery of St John, which has been under enormous pressure because of record ambulance ramping figures. Negotiations for a new contract are currently underway. Opposition leader Mia Davies said it was unfathomable that WA could have a $5.7 billion budget surplus and a health service that was crumbling. And Minister Alana McTiernan has returned from promoting WA's green hydrogen potential in Europe, more confident than ever that the state can develop the industry, including manufacturing electrolyzers. Those electrolyzers are key in green hydrogen production because they use renewable energy to split hydrogen out of water. Ms McTiernan told Business News the government had approached manufacturers to spark their interest in making electrolyzers in the state while in Europe for a hydrogen summit. The government would be willing to co-fund business case development and feasibility studies for manufacturers to assess the viability of WA. Queensland is already set to play home to an electrolyzer facility after Fortescue Future Industries said it started construction in February. The government hopes to have 100 gigawatts of green hydrogen generation capacity within the state by at least 2030. And Mark McGowan has pleaded with the public to take COVID seriously as WA recorded its deadliest day of the pandemic with 14 historic deaths and 15,674 new infections overnight. During a press conference this morning, he told reporters the historic deaths dated back to the beginning of May and included four men and a woman in their 90s, five men and a woman in their 80s, two men in their 70s and a man in his 50s. The number of people in hospital with COVID-19 has risen to 325, 11 of whom are being treated in ICU. Today's figures take the total number of active cases in WA to 88,710. Though the hospitalisations and ICU admissions are tracking well below the numbers predicted by the state's health modelling, the state has been reporting much higher daily case numbers than expected for more than a fortnight. It prompted Mr McGowan to urge the public to take COVID-19 seriously for the sake of their own health as well as that of their families and workmates.
You have a thought. Most people ignore that thought. End story here. Or you could explore it, collaborate, feel welcome, find a quiet spot, find a loud spot, find your own spot. Be you. Oh. Form your own opinion. Get inspired by moments around you. Plan to make your plans come to life. And then change the whole world. Or some of the world. Or just your world. So don't ignore that thought. This is free thinking. I think traditionally at business news, when we focus on property, we tend to look a bit at the western suburbs or the inner suburbs, but uh, sometimes we take a little bit of a look down south, maybe towards Bunbury, Bustleton, Margaret River. Mark, in our latest edition, not only have you gone down south, you've gone way far south into the parts unexplored. Tell me why it was you wanted to look at property in the deep south of Western Australia. Yeah, and look, you know, not the deep south in terms of uh, looking at it from an American context, but definitely that that remote corner of Western Australia, the one that uh, Cape Lewin kind of uh, dominates from the, from that south, southern end. Um, Jordan, I'm always interested in land development, and I think um, whether it's industrial or residential, and in this case I looked at residential because obviously... Where land's being developed, I think, is where you know you, you then get population and develop and further, and then you get building and you get uh, other things happening. Uh, and look, through for want of any other reason, I was down around in that area, and I noticed a couple little things. And when I went looking in on the public record, I discovered that there's been quite a lot of land development down there. Not if you were thinking about you know Perth regions, it's not that scale. But for down in that area, it's quite a lot. And I'm happy to explain the numbers around mm. that. But it's it's quite a significant amount. So could you contextualise that for me? What sort of developments are we seeing? So you said it was residential? Yes. So I just looked at who was developing residential land in kind of decent-sized lots. Mm. Um, and maybe, again, for background, and uh, I'm probably ad-libbing here a bit, but the that, that whole southwest corner, the bit that Margaret River dominates, is... Uh, a patchwork of farms that are around about 30 to 40 hectares in size. And I think that goes back to uh, the post-war era, uh, post-Second World War, I think, when they when they sought to expand, uh, or it might even be post-World War One, to be honest, can't now remember, um, where they gave um, old, former soldiers parcels of land. They went down, they cleared the land, and they were trying to have dairy farms, and they were all you know, small farms, small allotments. It wasn't just in this area, it was around, you know, the, in the Great Southern as well. And really it was a bit of a failed experiment because none of those farms were big enough to be sustainable in the long run. Um, but what's happened is you get a lot of properties that are around about that size. And that's not a bad size to start with in terms of land development, doing a residential development. Um, a few of these are a bit bigger than that, around about 70 or 80 hectares, but perhaps a couple of those lots have been joined at some point to create a farm and so and so. Now the further context is you've got Bustleton's taken off, Dunsborough's taken off as a kind of, I'd almost call it a suburban enclave down there. Marga River's taken off, partly tourism, partly suburban, partly industry, especially the wine industry and tourism industry. Um, and then south of that, there's just not much. Augusta's tried to be things so we're talking about the the shire of augusta margaret river and to its north the shire of the city of bustleton and those two areas are really that bit that we kind of classify as um we talk about the southwest in in that context not the great southern which is further east mm -hmm. 
Um, Margaret River itself has about 10,000 people. And just north of that, uh, Kuwaramup has about 2,500 or so. And the whole region of Augusta Margaret River has 17,000 people. And 2,000 of those other people are in, in Augusta. So there's this great big gap where almost no one has lived. And if you've driven down there, it's Carradale, Witchcliffe, uh, Kadata. Um Those are almost just, they were just petrol stations. Mm. But in the last four or five years, there's been hundreds of lots sold. And in fact, I've been really conservative. I've said 300 lots that I can find in these larger developments that have sold in the last four years. But in fact, there's a bunch of other developments where there's no numbers because they're not, uh, they haven't settled yet. They're basically contracted to buy, but but like a lot of developers, they wait until they've actually got the development sold. A bit like building an apartment. You might contract to buy an apartment, but you don't pay the deposit, you might pay a deposit, but you don't get your your title until it's all completed. Um, so the big one down there is Witchcliffe, which is quite close to Margaret River and makes a bit of sense in, in as a spillover from Margaret River. A lot happening there, but there's also a lot happening in Caradale and Kadardup, which is, you know, much closer to Augusta. And I was going to say, Augusta had its, has had a couple of shots at trying to be a bit more than what it is. They had the Bean Up Mineral Sands Mine down there, Gee, it must have closed about 20 years ago. I, I can't get my, I can't quite recall the dates, but it, it was put together by BHP in the late 1990s. It barely operated at all. And, you know, they put in Sue's Road. So a lot of the infrastructure that has improved Augusta and getting to that region was put in for that mine site. And it, it just didn't, it had problems and it didn't last as a mine. And of course the town didn't then get the population that it might've expected. They've also built in the last 10 years or so a decent marina down there and they're running some aquaculture out of there. So there is some industry uh, and it's not a bad tourism point and it is a very popular summer holiday home destination. So there is a bit of investment in that way. But it's 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 not great uh, geography for a town. It's split by a river. It doesn't have a bridge. Mm. Um, it's bounded by a national park and it's right on a pointy end of the state. So... You know, there's not really a lot of room for movement there. So hence, they've looked to fill in the zone in between. So then you, you, you touched upon it there, but what's the appeal of moving into these places that I, I can't imagine they're terribly well serviced by infrastructure? So like that whole region, and including the Dunsboroughs and the Marga Rivers and the Bustletons, COVID has stimulated something here, right? So uh, my understanding is this, the broadband down there is satellite, so but it works apparently, I was told, quite well. Yeah. So if you've got broadband, uh, the premium, this, the, 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 these they're affordable, right? So this, you're right, there isn't a lot there. But the There's not a lot of industry. The but if you've got communications, yeah. you want to work from home and you want to work on, a two you want to live in a 2,000 square metre block where you've got a bit of land, you can almost not see the neighbours, you've got a bit of bush, and, you know, the, the sweet spot, I'm told, down there is just over 3,000 square metres, but a lot of the sales are around two. Very affordable. Uh, you know, if you can, if you can uh, commute, no, telecommute from there, do your job from there, or even do it four days a week or whatever. If you're a FIFO going up to, driving up to Bustleton Airport, flying up to uh, the north, there's a lot of people that would consider this pretty good. Uh, and you've got 
now decent schools at Bustleton, whereas before, you know, going back a long time, you had to, if you really wanted a decent school, you were talking about Bunbury. There were no roads to get to Bunbury, whereas now you've got Sue's Road in there. So there's a big, there are big differences there. Um, and I guess Margaret River itself has grown up. So within, you know, 20, 30 minutes drive, you are close to a, a place with 10,000 people. It's got the shops. It's got all the amenities you need. And, and also I think Bustleton is more the medical services. It's got all the health services. So that's all within striking distance. The only other thing I'd add is the difference in the types of people that have developed this land. And that's what I found really noticeable. These are people who've held the land for 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, almost none of them are big developers according to what we would classify them at Business News. So Perrin Group is a, in a joint venture down there, but there's none of the... <laughs> that's a pretty big developer. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. But they're, but they're, they're just, a, they're just a, almost a silent partner mm. and, a, and a marketing partner for a group that's actually running it. And it's a sustainable eco-village. It's not typical Perrin Group. Um, but there's none of the Peets, there's none of the Satellies, there's none of that at all. Uh, it's all pretty much people who are involved in one-offs and syndicates, patient money in the most cases, and, you know, people who've bided their time. So I, that's what I found as also a, an interesting difference. Are we going to see you building a house down there anytime soon, Mark? No, I have no plans to be down there, and uh, my version of telecommuting is to do it from home in, uh, in the city. So. <laughs> <laughs> very, very happy, uh, but also happy to see, you know, like I think um, tourism also needs actually yeah. other services around it. Unless mm. you've got pe places for people to live, as we discover, you don't get the other services. So I think there's some uh, there's some good things in this. Indeed. Certainly love holidaying there. Maybe I'll be living there in about 30 years' time, assuming I can buy a house. Mark, thank you so much. No worries. And buy your house now, Jordan. <laughs> This podcast was brought to you by Optus Stadium, now taking orders for your next breakfast or lunch meeting. If you like what you've heard, head to our Spotify page to like and subscribe. New episodes of At Close of Business are available every day in time for our afternoon wrap. I'm Jordan Murray. See you tomorrow.